0: Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 149 of the podcast for May 31st, 2012. My guest today is Dr. Gregory Jacobson. He is the co founder and CEO of Kynexis, a startup technology company. And I've been involved, I've been part of the management team at Kinexus for the past year, so I want to state that conflict of interest right up front. But we're really going to be talking about Greg's early experiences with Kaizen in emergency medicine settings, more so than we're talking about the company or software in this episode. Um, Greg attended Baylor College of Medicine from 1997 to 2001, and then he later completed a residency in emergency medicine at Vanderbilt University Medical Center, where he stayed on as a faculty member. And starting in 2004, he started doing work um, applying Kaizen principles Um, creating um, a a basic software tool at Vanderbilt that ultimately led to the founding of Kinexis. He's the co-author of a published article called Kaizen, a Method of Process Improvement in the Emergency Department that was in the journal Academic Emergency Medicine. And if you want to learn more about our company, you can go to www.kinexus.com. Or you can go to www.makingimprovementeasier.com, which we think ironically is easier to spell. And that will get you to the front page of our company site. So as always, I want to thank you for listening. If you want to comment or want more details, you can also go to leanblog.org slash 149. Well, Greg, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for taking time to talk. Thanks for inviting me. So we're going to talk a lot today about your use of um, you know, the Kaizen methodology in healthcare. Um, if you can first um, introduce yourself and your professional background for the listeners.
1: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an emergency medicine physician, um, graduated and practiced at Vanderbilt Emergency Medicine Department in Nashville, Tennessee, and in that time got interested in, in Kaizen and Lean and have co-founded and am the CEO of a company uh, called Kinexus.
0: And, you know, it's, it's always interesting to me when people from medical background or any healthcare professionals really get introduced to Kaizen or Lean. Um, so can you tell the story about how you even first got exposed to these ideas?
1: When I finished my residency and started um, at the faculty position at Vanderbilt, uh, the chairman of the department, Dr. Cory Slovis, handed me Mizaki Amai's uh, formidable book. Kaizen that came out in the mid '80s that introduced many of these concepts for the mm-hmm. first time to the Western world, and that really kicked things off for for me
0: getting exposed to Kaizen. And so, I mean, why, why did he give you the book? I mean, it seems like it's just kind of like you know, wow, out of the blue, here's a book written by um, you know a Japanese author. Um, yeah, I mean, how did that come to be?
1: Yeah, it's, I was always the the resident that was questioning really processes type things I didn't understand that there were processed, but I would always ask why are we doing it this way wouldn't it be more efficient if we did it this way and so he recognized that you know the nature of um, who I was I was always looking for little ways to improve and he really felt that um, Kaizen was a, a great um, underlying principle in architecture for, for taking this in a very formalistic way we were looking for ways to train our residents to to take formalized improvement methodologies into their future practices so he handed me the book and I took it from there
0: yeah it's, it's good that he would give you that book um, a lot of health organizations you would have been considered a pain in the neck right <laughs> you're yeah, asking it, asking too many questions about things
1: it's uh it, it's it's fortunate i was in a in a department that was a um, really trying to foster a culture of constantly being better because um, it as we know, we're so busy in healthcare that sometimes we we lose sight of the big picture and we're just trying to fight the little fire so yeah it's uh it's it's fortunate
0: yeah so what was it? um you know, so you read Mr. Amai's book and I'm you know uh, grateful for for his work and his contribution. Um, you know, from my own career and work. I mean, what was it in in the book, the things that um, jumped out or resonated with you that would be applicable where you were in the emergency department?
1: So I was reading the book, you know, obviously that book is it's not geared towards healthcare right It's very manufacturing based and focused, but I'm a conceptual thinker in general. So as I was reading the book, I couldn't help but realize that many of the same underlying principles of you know, very complex systems, uh, highly, you know, either trained or educated people, you know, work on things like cars, and, and all those things are, are exactly in healthcare. So, I started to, to, to realize that, you know, if I was going to train and teach residents in this, I needed to distill the book down to about 12 or 13 principles, and I distilled mm. it down to things that just made sense. For example, you know, decreasing variability in the system, and giving uh, the workers the, the, the power to change their workplace um, because they're the expert in what they do. So those are a couple of uh, examples of, of the points I try to take from uh, MI's teachings and apply them into healthcare.
0: All right. So how did you get started with Kaizen in terms of taking action yourself, educating colleagues? Where, where did you start?
1: So I realized that the, one of the fundamental pillars of a Kaizen program um, is that that you need a suggestion based system. You know, one people need to be educated on the principles, and two you need an actionable suggestion based system. Um, so we were at that time we were in. It was two emergency departments. We had an adult side and a ped side. Um, The adult side alone has 55 beds in it. There's, you know, sometimes four or five attendings, eight, nine residents, 20, 30 nurses. So we really have a a pretty large department, Mm -hmm. very fragmented in terms of um, we're obviously in emergency departments 24 hours, seven days a week. And um, the space is also, you know... Um, pretty large. So I realized underlying a lot of the problems was this huge communication hmm. barriers that exist within departments as well as uh, between departments. So my first thought was, where would I even you know put a physical suggestion box or put the forms in? We, at that time were doing a whole bunch of stuff with computers. Vanderbilt was on computer order entry back in two thousand and one. The emergency department by 2004 was almost completely computerized. So, looking at the computer as developing um, the process and developing a communication tool just made sense.
0: And that's so funny You mentioned suggestion boxes because I, mean, I know we've talked about this a lot. How you know the Kaizen model is very different from a suggestion box. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things you know, I've seen is problematic is that you know, somebody drops something in the suggestion box and they're like, yep, yep, my work is done. You know, they wash their hands of the, of the idea or the organization, you know, has taken ownership of that idea from them, that suggestions are something that, you know, they are supposed to do, whether they as, you know, the managers or some other department. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, you know, in practice there at Vanderbilt, how is Kaizen different from the way people might view traditional suggestion boxes?
1: Yeah, that's interesting because when you when you initially you know start thinking about kaizen and, and someone describes it to you, you do think of the traditional suggestion box where you know it, you you fill out the form and you put it in there and then in a very batchy way, whether it's once a month or once a quarter, um, you know they get reviewed at a committee and you know people either vote up or down things. Whereas if you really start understanding what what um, companies like Toyota were doing, the suggestion is just the Beginning of that process, so a lot of times, um, you know, uh, an employee, staff member is going to identify a problem with the process or identify a pain point, and they're probably going to have some idea of what they think should be done. And then instead of that, you know, literally being you know a one-step process, a kaizen-minded system would that would be the beginning. So mm-hmm. you start having this banter and you start working. So the, the, the individual staff members, the experts, starts working with, you know, the leaders and the managers who actually have the ability to institute, you know, changing work practices to figure out how can we solve this pain point. Maybe, maybe we've identified the, 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 and that there is a problem and haven't quite figured it out. So then through, you know, through this, you know, working process and, and, and really some of these are when we're talking about a working process, we're not talking about sometimes it's just a five minute quick conversation. Um, and sometimes things would get longer, um, but that's the one of the fundamental shifts of thought. Uh, the other major fundamental shift of thought is that these these ideas and, and feedback needs to happen very quickly. Um, as soon as you start causing long delays and answering things, you lose people's motivation, and, and it starts becoming uh, more like the traditional suggestion boxes that people have found to not work very well. So.
0: Yeah so I um, you talk about taking action being able to take action you know Norm Bodak who you know, is also um you yeah, consider a mentor of mine and he's been on the podcast numerous times you know he always one expression I learned from him was that, you know, ideas are things that I can do. I guess we say there's, you know, no, there's no I in team. There is an I in idea. But, you know, it's not just everybody running around and doing their own thing that you've got, you know, collaboration and interaction and you know discussion. So, I mean, you have some examples of how, you know, somebody even, you know, say, you know, a physician or a resident. If they have an idea, um, you know what what that kaizen process looks like. I mean, they have a manager. Do they go to their chief? How how did that work?
1: Sure. So the the system and in it involved over a number of years. It it started almost as an electronic suggestion box system where you know you would enter the the kaizen in and in, into the um, computer web based program and it would get shot off in emails and um, ultimately we realized that. Um, doing trying to manage these things with emails doesn't really uh, work very well. So we started to develop a workflow. And, and we developed that workflow because we needed to make sure that we responded to every single suggestion that was put in, every single Kaizen, and we did it in a, in a timely manner. So, so the, the system would work something to the effect of um, the, the end result, I should say, of the system once we started to, to realize how to, how to do this the right way is someone would put the idea in, or the Kaizen in, and it would go to uh, the chairman. The chairman would uh, take a look at it and then assign it to the key players. Sometimes it's assigning it to himself. Sometimes it's bringing um, some of the nursing leaders or um, other uh, nurses into it. They will then evaluate. They'll communicate back with the author. They'll give updates um, when those updates happen everyone's getting all the key stakeholders are getting looped in and then when it's concluded whatever the conclusion is of that that kaizen not only does all the key stakeholders get updated not only does the author get updated but it actually disseminates that information to the entire department so the department understands that wow you know Mary had this idea and um, you know Tom listened to the idea and, and Brenda And Chris worked on the idea with Mary, and that's a collaborative process. And and people start to see that instead of a blame culture and complaining, you start to own the processes and start to look for solutions instead of complaining about problems. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, uh, at Vanderbilt, you started immediately or basically immediately with an electronic process for managing this? Where, I mean, a lot of people, any, you know, a lot of my original, you know, a lot of my work that you know, I did in departments was with um, you know, bulletin boards, idea boards, cards. Um, it, it was just sort of a natural thing to, uh, to do that as a web-based system that, that you had built there at Vanderbilt. Can you tell us about how some of that came to be?
1: I'll be honest, Mark, when I started to think about how to do it, It never crossed my mind to do it any other way than electronically, because um, one of the things that was going on is I was an all-nights person, so I was working – I just like working night shifts, so working all nights. so I mean, I will go many, many shifts without seeing the administrators um, and the the leaders, Um, so – and I also – Tended to get frustrated with emails because it's really hard to organize and to be accountable in an email system so realize it needed to be a transparent system It needed to have a hundred percent accountability and so all in a paper system I didn't even know where to physically put the paper system is it in the administrative offices is it on, on the pe side is it on the adult side and then how are we gonna are we gonna manage three separate so I I was immediately attracted to um, looking at this electronically. We actually I talked to a, a couple other places at Vanderbilt that um, were doing some suggestion-based improvement work, and they said that they had collected eight hundred of these on paper, and, and they just couldn't even begin to organize them. And so when I started to talk to them about how I was doing this electronically. Just, it's an immediate solution when you when you start thinking about how do you scale something like this. You, you know, if, you, if you have 50 people, paper seems to be great, but if you have you know, 500 people all in different places and then you want to do this over many years where you can start searching and looking for trends and seeing if people have had this problem in the past, uh, doing it electronically just makes sense.
0: Yeah. And so I mean, we'll come back when I hear a little bit more you know, about that process and how it evolved, but can you share some of the... Early examples when we talk about you know kind of like the you know classic Kaizen type improvements that were made. Um, do, do any of those come to mind? Yeah, so I, I think it's
1: important when you when you roll out your your Kaizen program that there needs to be some training involved. Okay, um, a classic suggestion system, um, you know, is going to foster really big innovative. Um, large in scope ideas. So, when when you give people just some basic training, you start getting some great examples. So let me give you. I'm going to give you two examples of just. These are beautiful kaizens, and it these people came up with these kaizens after very little training. So there was a, um, a kaizen that got put in by an attending resident team that um, they noticed that when patients would go to the bathroom and they had an IV that they were, it was very awkward, How, where do you hold the bag, oftentimes, you know, someone's trying to put it on the sink or on the, the handicap handrail, inevitably it's falling on the floor, you know, so now you have an IV going into someone's arm with tubing in a bag on the floor, it's just dirty, so they had a very simple idea, let's put a coat hanger up in the bathroom, so when a patient goes to the to the bathroom, they can, um, you know, put uh, the, they can hang their IV bag there, so. so
0: there's, a, there's a hook on the wall.
1: Hook on the wall, yeah. so. Great example of a low cost, low risk um, improvement that probably affects patient satisfaction as well as patient safety. Um, another another great example was someone realized that um, if you ordered on the computer a foot X-ray off of the um, um, in the non traditional way in the computer system, um, that instead of using the ER you know, ordering templates, you used a non-ER ordering template, that it would only give you a two-view foot x-ray instead of a three-view foot x-ray. And so they that creates, you know, delay because by the time the physician realizes it's two views instead of three views, it's an extra hour built into that process with transportation and whatnot. It's another great example of someone noticing something that probably that, you know, department leader or um, an administrator isn't going to pick up on that, but would love yeah. to fix that problem, you
0: know? Well, I mean, that's, that when you talk about, um, I don't even know the diff, The first difference between a two-view and a three-view x-ray other than, oh, you know, there's one view more. I guess that's better. But, you know, that just goes to show why, you know, you need everybody that's involved in their own work participating in Kaizen because some sort of, you know, um, outside expert or internal improvement team um, isn't going to discover things like that and it just it seems to really speak to the power of kaizen and getting everybody involved in their own areas of expertise and working together with within their team right
1: absolutely and it, i think the key is is that if you give everyone a stake in the game you know inherently people want to make things more efficient they want to have a, a stress-free workplace they want to provide great patient care to people and if you you bring them to the table to say hey let's improve this um, amazing things can
0: happen yeah so you know that idea I, I think to, to people like you and me and a lot of the listeners um, you know improvement wanting to participate in improvement is something that we're, we're accustomed to and we're excited by um, but you know we, we often get a lot of questions people ask you know, especially well, how do we engage physicians in lean or how do we engage them in Kaizen and you know I I learned early on when when we first started talking that you know you had started with uh, the doctors And so I'm curious. You know, somebody asked that question: How do we get the docs engaged? Is there anything different that you have to do to engage physicians, or is it the the, kind of the same process regardless of who you're trying to get involved in Kaiser?
1: I think that the things that um, detract doctors are things that are complicated. That's going to take a lot of time, and I think things that decrease barriers for doctors are making it simple and 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 not making it take a lot of time. So, I started with, with doctors um, in doing this and so obviously the system I created ultimately um, had some of those elements because I thought, well, how would I want to interact with this? So, For example, I think if you, if you have a form that takes 10 or 15 minutes to fill out, um, the doctors aren't going to be interested in doing that. So make it simple, make it quick, takes them a minute or two to fill something out. Um, and also, you know, requiring a lot of meetings that are in the middle of the day is also going to detract from doctors. So, trying to limit, hey, you got to be here on Thursday at two o'clock in the afternoon, um, and and you're going to you're going to start getting a lot more doctor participation. And a couple easy, quick hits, you know, so show them, hey, a small little investment of this time will actually make you more efficient um, and uh, make you less frustrated uh, going through your workday. So.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, everyone's busy and you say, well, you know, don't uh, take too much time out of a doctor's day. You know, you would hear the same thing from nurses and, and we need to be respectful of the time. And like you said, make make Kaizen, I mean, you know, Norm that calls it you know quick and easy Kaizen because we're trying to find things that are relatively Quick and easy to implement as opposed to everybody, let's identify a big six month-long project that we could all do. Right, we, we know right. those. Or let's form another committee. I mean that that you know, sometimes we do have problems that require that. Um, but you know, we, we can really get people engaged in in some of that smaller stuff that, that adds up to a big impact.
1: And another interesting thing is so a lot of these kaizens that get put in get solved immediately, but some of them that seem easy end up taking a lot of time and are pretty complex and if you have a system that kind of shows the complexity um, and you engage the authors with that they start to realize that wow this you know my leadership is working really hard to make things easier for me and make things more efficient and give better patient care but sometimes these are really complicated systems to try to do that in so that was actually an unintended consequence of of, uh, of making a very transparent system that included everybody, that people realized just sometimes how hard some things can be, and the other amazing thing was just how easy other things are. So you know, it's funny.
0: Yeah. So um, and I think we'll we'll do another podcast and and get into more of um, the details of um, you know connexus the work that we're doing together with with different organizations. But i was wondering if you could at least kind of set up. Um, that future discussion and talk about, you know, the transition from having a homegrown piece of software at Vanderbilt and um, how that ended up becoming a startup company uh, that, w- that we now have as uh, Kinexus.
1: So once we started to to get some traction and, and some momentum, we, we spread from the residents to the faculty, ultimately to the nurses. Then we spread to the Pete's ED and uh, the Became obvious that you know kaizen has a a, a role in improving healthcare, and uh, the idea and the methodology that we came about was bigger than just the Vanderbilt emergency department. Also realized that the the technology that we built was was you know it was a prototype, essentially a prototype. It was just homegrown um, software, and it didn't scale very well. So um, realized that you know. That really the, the best way to impact healthcare here would be to provide a, a program that any hospital could use, and, and not just one department in that hospital, but could model and adapt to any medical center. So it became obvious that um, that this we, we needed to just to start a startup and to build it and uh, see if we could uh, provide this and solve, you know, the 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 difficulty of implementing these type of programs um, by providing the software and so and um, we've been successful in uh, building something that's adaptable to any any hospital and it really it makes improvement easier
0: yeah and um you yeah, know as i stated up front at the beginning you know the conflict of interest disclosure is a pretty obvious one that i am uh, part of the Connexus team and and believe strongly and um Greg's in your vision and and what we're uh, what we're trying to accomplish together. So, you know, people feel free to reach out to me through the blog in different ways if you want to talk about this. And and I know, Greg, uh, you would probably be uh, I know you'd be more than um, happy to talk to people. How can they reach you uh, if you want to share some of that uh, contact info and how they can find you on the Web and email places like that?
1: So our our Web address is Kinexus and that's spelled K.A.I nexus
0: dot com and and uh, so let me just jump in reminded we did a kaizen for the listeners uh, around our, uh, our URL because you know nexus is short but like Greg had to spell it you can also go to makingimprovementeasier.com dot com which is more to type out but uh, we don't we don't have to spell it for you so that's one of our kaizens but I'm sorry go on with uh, with contact info yeah so there's <laughs>
1: there's really a ton of information on our website um, you can actually reach me directly at greg at kinexis.com. So just g-r-e-g at kinexus.com. Be happy to answer any questions. Um, we can uh, do a, a live demo um, very easily from your office. So, I'm um, excited about this, and, and I guess my, my my some of my parting words, Mark, would be, you know, Kaizen doesn't have to be complicated, and whether you decide to, to use an electronic system or a paper system, there's really, there's no better time to start doing this type of work Now, so please take a look at this. uh, These concepts in general, I think, uh, I think they're going to be a big part of uh, getting healthcare to where it needs to be.
0: Well, great, and uh, thank you, Greg, for uh, your hard work and and leadership um, on this topic, trying to help uh, continuing, um, you know, spread spreading kaizen and and improvement um, throughout healthcare. So, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Mark.